please state your name. My name is Jennifer Ann Worth. And how about your age? My age is 47 years old. Or young, however you want to look at it. <laughs> what city are you from in Korea? I was adopted out of Seoul, Korea. And how old were you when you were adopted? When I was adopted, I was 21 months old. Can you tell us your Korean name, if you know it? My Korean name was Kim Young A. Okay, do you have any birth information or an adoption story that you could share with us? I know that when I was adopted, my mother, my birth mother was 23 years old. She was working as a housemaid and living in the house that she was working in. Her last name was Kim, and apparently my birth father's last name was Kim as well. It's obviously a very common name. And I guess he was in the military and cut off communication with her at some point into the pregnancy. So they were not together and she did not have enough money to care for me. So she had me at a midwife's clinic and just did like a relinquishment letter at the, at the midwife's clinic. Okay, so you mentioned your father was part of the military. Uh, was he from somewhere international or was he actually born in Korea? So I believe that he was a Korean military man because his last name was Kim. From what she said, I don't know how, how true that was, but I don't have their actual full names. I just have that they're both of their last names was Kim. And how about your adoptive family? Can you describe them? Yeah, I was adopted into a great Irish Catholic German household. My dad is like 6'2 or 6'3. My mom's like, I think she's like 5'10 or 5'11. So very Caucasian, very tall, and then little me <laughs> enters the family. I have a little sister, she's seven years younger. She's also a, a Korean adoptee, no blood relation. But yeah, I was adopted into a pretty great family, about as ideal as you can get. Okay, can you describe if there were any challenges being an adoptee? So, you know, as, as many of us CADs have gone through, there's that situation where if you're in a community of primarily Caucasians, and you're an Asian in the community, you get teased, you know, I got the whole chingy chong thing, and it still kind of triggers me today when I hear people say those words, especially as adult, uh, hearing that come out of adults' mouths kind of upsets me. That's probably always been my trigger is that big Korean accent, but also just not quite feeling like I necessarily belonged. You can be told that, you know, you feel the embrace of your family and you know that they love you, but you still kind of feel like a little bit displaced. So what were the kind of things that you did to help yourself feel like you belong? Like sports or any extracurricular activities? I was not a athletic person at all. I was a cheerleader, so I did the next best thing. I was like 85 pounds. I was the the person that got thrown in the air and probably dropped on my head a couple times, which is maybe the way I'm the way I am today. Um, but yeah, I was not very athletic, but I was a cheerleader and I was in drama and choir, and so I kind of enjoyed more of the creative stuff. Okay, can you describe your relationships with the other kids in school? Uh, being an adoptee, was it difficult relating to others, or were you extroverted and got along? I've always been an extrovert, so I got along with pretty much everybody. I really found myself not necessarily in one group, but I was kind of the floater for a lot of groups. So I would hang out with the really popular people, and I'd hang out with the drama people, and you know, the bookworm people. I kind of 
kind of moved from circle to circle. So I never really was like, and I don't know if that's a CAD thing. I don't know if it was because I felt like I couldn't, you know, dive into one group of people, but I kind of floated from friends to friends. Did you ever get involved in any Korean camps as a child? I actually did go to Korean camp when I was younger. I think I was in like, like grade school age range. Um, I went with a Korean adoptee that lived down the block. And it was pretty interesting because at the time, I didn't really embrace the culture. It was very foreign to me. And ironically, the Korean camp that we went to was like Korean families that had immigrated over that wanted to teach their children, who were now American, how to speak Korean. So I was in a class with very young kids who had Korean families. So they spoke the language, they knew more about the culture, and that actually made me feel even more like an outsider. So, so my friend and I would go and hide in the closet a lot of the times, just because we just felt like outsiders once again. Uh, so it was really weird being in a classroom full of faces that kind of looked like ours, but we still felt like we weren't, we didn't quite belong. So speaking about the challenges of trying to belong, uh, did you find yourself identifying with Korean culture or did you totally uh, disregard it? So I wouldn't say that I necessarily identified as a Korean just because I didn't have a lot to identify with. It really wasn't until I got older and probably into my 30s that I really kind of dove in and wanted to know more about the culture. I'm actually starting fall classes to learn Korean later this month, which I'm pretty excited about. So it's really been later in life that I really kind of embraced culture and who I am and wanting to learn more about it and what that means. And Can you explain why you decided to get more involved in the Korean culture? I think it was just wanting to know more about my past. I've got three boys and two of them are still at home. They're younger, 12 and 14. And I just wanted to be able to pass something on to them. Like, they love learning about Korea. They love the food. They love, you know, anything. They're proud of it. So I want them to learn more. And in order for them to learn, I have to learn myself. So in a way, you have created another second generation of a children of Korean adoptees. Can you describe what it's like for them? So all three of my boys, they really embrace that they're part Korean. They've never tried to hide it. You know, their features definitely show up. My oldest is, I call him Blasian, he's black and Asian, and my two youngest are Caucasian and, and Asian. But all three of them embrace that they're part Asian, and so there really hasn't been an issue there. Okay, so have you been back to Korea and can you explain uh, when and how that experience was? I actually did go to Korea uh, when I turned 40. It was kind of one of my birthday gifts to myself. My husband and I um, kind of made that decision. And it was kind of a unique situation. I was supposed to go with a friend. Her husband worked for an airline and so we were gonna get cheap tickets and, and go over and have fun. And then it just it turned out that she wasn't gonna be able to go. So I ended up finding another Korean adoptee friend of mine who had her birth family found her like 10 years ago. So they've been reconnected. And so we actually, I went with her and we stayed with her birth family. And it was probably one of the best experiences. And had I known originally, I probably would have wanted to go with her to begin with just because I really got to be like thrown into the culture. 
Her niece was getting married while we were over there, so we got to go to the Korean wedding. We wore hanbok, we got her hair done. We went to like the Korean hair salon, and I spent time with her Korean family, so I was in this home, and they were speaking the language, and we were trying to communicate, and it was just so fun to be able to be in Korea with a Korean family and watch the dynamic of my friend and her family, you know, as they're still continuing to build this relationship. And so it really was a unique situation. And by the time I left, we, I went over there and I looked through my Korean ad adoption file and I did all of that. And it was a really kind of an emotional experience, but I got to experience it with my friend who was there obviously by my side and her family. And they were very supportive of it and tried to help me like whatever I wanted to do, they wanted to be right there to support me. So by the time I left, they told me, you're our blood now, you're our family. So it's kind of funny because I have a friend who said, you know, I've known a lot of adoptees, but I've never known anyone who's been adopted twice. So that's kind of my story. I got like adopted back into Korea. Okay, so have you met your birth family then? And do you have any information on them? No, I actually didn't meet my birth family, but this, my friend's family kind of adopted me back in. But yeah, I couldn't find information. The relinquishment letter that my birth mother left had her name, but it was a very common Korean name. Obviously, Kim is a very common last name, but her full name was very common, apparently, especially for her age range at that time. And she didn't leave an ID number or anything like that. So it was they did a search. They sent out a telegram to someone twice, I think. Her husband intercepted the letter twice. She did end up responding and just said that she didn't have anything to do with adoption. And they felt she was being honest. So that search kind of ended. And I most recently, about three months ago, I had them do another search because it had been, you know, six, seven years. And so they did a search again and they just, they couldn't find her. Okay, can you describe your feelings of not being able to find your birth family? Uh, do you feel an obsession towards it or have you found peace whether it happens or not? So I, I wouldn't call it an obsession to find my birth family, but I think a little bit of, of me will always wonder and I think more about what happened to her, what happened to her life. So it almost seems like uh, not being able to find your birth family actually does affect you quite a bit. I think more so, I wish her well, and I just, I wonder, did she find love? You know, did she, she was young when she had me, she was only 23, so did she find love? Did she have other children? Just all those questions that you just kind of wonder, what happened to her? Like, is she okay? Do I have half-siblings out there? Are there other people that look like me? Um, I think those are the things that kind of get me emotional. Okay, so it seems like there's quite a bit of adoptees who are unfortunately in similar boat as you, where they feel a sense of emptiness and wondering about the what-ifs. Do you have any advice for adoptees who are missing that part of themselves uh, and struggling to find their identity? I feel like Korean adoptees have almost a an imaginary umbilical cord that was like cut three quarters of the way and it's stretching from 
our homeland to wherever we ended up. And that umbilical cord still pulls at us every once in a while. And so I feel like we don't necessarily feel planted where we're at and we don't feel necessarily planted from our homeland either. But I feel like we can still find a sense of belonging by talking to other CADs, by finding a community that relates with you, but also by embracing what we have now. And I know a lot of Korean adoptees have not had great situations, adopted families that, you know, gave them good homes and, and really sad stories out there, which is terrible. But I just hope that everyone can find it within themselves to have that self-love and to create their own existence and their own families and their own starting of community within themselves. You know, it has to start from somewhere. So if they can kind of find that self-love and create it themselves, then I think that would be good. Okay, did you find yourself having a connection to Korea after uh, finally visiting there? So I do feel a connection with Korea. When I went over, I actually bawled like a baby at the airport. I made a scene. <laughs> I embarrassed the Korean family that was there to drop us off. And I probably sobbed through like the first half hour of leaving. It was hard to leave our birth country. So I do feel a connection. And actually when I got home, even though I was coming home to a wonderful husband who was like, very supportive in anything that has to do with my Korean journey and growth from like the adoption and you know just anything that has to do with me growing he's always been very supportive of so I was returning to that and you know my wonderful boys so I knew I was coming home to a safe healthy loving supportive environment but I still felt a little bit displaced when I got home I just felt like where, I, where do I belong? It just like opened up a Pandora's box of I've been home and now I'm going back to my other home and again, where do I belong? So it was, yeah, it was like I said, it kind of opened up Pandora's box. Did you find a sense of grounding after you visited Korea, even if you haven't found your birth uh, parents? And did that experience change you? The experience definitely changed me. I think partly because I did have such a positive experience with my fellow Korean adoptees family. They were so wonderful and embracing. And so, you know, it, it almost makes me wonder if it was meant to be that way. That, you know, maybe the illusions of finding my birth family were bigger and better in my head than they actually would have been. Or, you know, I don't know. It, it was pretty ideal and pretty, pretty wonderful to meet them. So I think that was kind of maybe the best of both worlds, uh, you know, if I was not to find my birth family. Okay, I think we covered a lot. Thank you for sharing and for your time. Yeah, thanks. Mm -hmm.